If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 83 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 14th day of February in the year 2021. Now let's get started as always by giving our shout outs to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind that website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias at Grunt. Talks MLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9 for always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. Also, don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. You know how? By following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And please remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. And those platforms are YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. (sighs) It's February 14th. It's Valentine's Day, which I despise just as much as I despise Halloween as far as, and I put air quotes around this word when I say it, quote-unquote, holidays. (laughs) Those two I just don't consider holidays. On top of that, the snow just refuses to stop. It will not stop. And it won't melt either, because the sun hasn't been coming out too much, and the temperature hovers around or under freezing every freaking day. Plus, last night, we actually got freezing rain, and it turned everything into a damn ice rink. So, all of that makes it pretty damn hard to get into a baseball mentality a lot of the time. Even though pitchers and catchers report for spring training in just three days, which I am psyched about. Do not get me wrong. (laughs) Which, speaking of baseball, what do you say we discuss that a bit? (laughs) I got quite a bit of important MLB updates to give you before we get into our Yankees talk for the day. 
starting at the beginning of the week on Monday. This is all very important to talk about as it obviously also affects the Yankees as it does the rest of the league. But starting at the beginning of the week on Monday, MLB was reportedly in the process of finalizing a revised Grapefruit League schedule placing teams in separate pods on the east and west coasts of Florida. Now, obviously, for those who for some reason don't know, spring training has its two leagues. Instead of the American and National Leagues, it has the Grapefruit League in Florida, consisting of some teams from the middle part of the country to the east coast, and the Cactus League that takes place in Arizona, also ranging from the middle part of the country, depending on the team, to the west coast. Yanks obviously belong to the Grapefruit League. Now, How the revised schedule in the Grapefruit League was reported to look when they were negotiating it was that in Florida, West Coast teams would play 28 games and the East Coast teams in Florida would play 24. And they would make up the rest of those games with inter-squad type matchups. Just like what they did in summer camp when baseball started back up last year when they split the team up and they played against each other. And again... All of this being worked on with pitchers and catchers reporting in just over a week at the time. Again, more last-minute decision-making. And then on Friday, less than a week before pitchers and catchers report, obviously, just a couple of days ago, Major League Baseball released their official modified spring training schedules for teams, finally. And I'm going to tell you what the Yanks' schedule will consist of. Instead of saving this for Yankees news, I'll just say it now since it's a quick update. But for our Yanks, instead of the first spring training game being on the 27th against the Tigers like I had originally said, and that was still the plan up until Friday, now it's against the Blue Jays a day later on the 28th. And the only teams the Yanks will be seeing this spring in order to limit travel to the opposite Florida coast are the Blue Jays, the Tigers, the Phillies, the Pirates, and the Orioles. So five teams, less travel, but still basically a full spring training schedule lengthwise. Games just start a day later now, and opening day is still on April 1st, so nothing changes there. So again, the first game is now on the 28th against the Blue Jays for spring training. Not the 27th against the Tigers anymore. The 28th against the Blue Jays. And pitchers and catchers are still reporting in just three days on the 17th, which, again, I cannot wait for. A lot of guys, as we've said on past weeks, are already reported, and they're already down there working hard and getting ready for the season, but the official report date for the remainder of the pitchers and catchers is still three days away on the 17th. And all of it cannot get here fast enough. So that is your spring training schedule update, the modified schedule that Major League Baseball released and what the Yankees schedule will consist of as far as opponents and when they will start now as opposed to before. And as far as the first game to kick off spring training, just a difference of one day. Now, there's quite a bit more to discuss too, having to do with this coming season. Quite a bit of information that came out this past week along with the revised Grapefruit League schedules for spring training. And as I said before, all of that was just decided days ago, with pitchers and catchers reporting in just three days as of today. But one thing they actually managed to decide on already though, and I mentioned this last week when saying they still need to make a lot of decisions on these things, are the health and safety protocols. The rules changes for the season, health and protocol guidelines, and so on. And even though it would have been even nicer to have them even sooner, well, it's better than what they did last season, I guess, when they announced them on opening freaking night, 
At least we still have a month and a half until opening day on April 1st, and pitchers and catchers are yet to report officially. But in any event, it would seem that I was correct in my predicting last week, and I'll explain how. I speak of the rule changes, and it would appear that I was correct in my predicting last week, with certain rules that I said would or wouldn't carry over from the 2020 season into the 2021 season. I said that I expected the seven-inning doubleheaders to return, and they are, and I also expected the runner on second and extras rule to return, and that is as well. And in the same breath, since they seem to be in a package deal together, I predicted that the Universal DH unfortunately would not return, but fortunately, in the same breath, since it seemed to be a deal of both or nothing, the expanded postseason wouldn't either, and that's exactly what has happened. So, seven-inning doubleheaders and runner-on-second in extra innings are now officially returning, as I predicted they would, and the Universal DH, which is still being done everywhere else, might I mention, is not returning, and neither is the expanded postseason, which I'm happy about that. And since I saw all of this coming, I was not surprised by any of this. And as you know, I, like basically everybody, with the exception of a few weirdos out there, I'm sure, am obviously against these rules. All except for the Universal DH, and I've explained about 87 times, so I don't want to be too redundant, so I'll just say this quickly. I strongly dislike seven-inning doubleheaders because I just don't believe in cutting a portion of a game off. I gave sort of a similar analogy to football fans, for instance. I said that's like cutting the fourth quarter off a football game. It's just not right to me. A baseball game is nine innings long. That's just how it is. But in a season like this one, and especially last year, and last season was really the season to test all of this out in a weird 60-game season with all the conditions the way they were, I guess I can reluctantly just put up with it for another season, I guess. Because I get that COVID is still a risk, and if there needs to be doubleheaders played, then they don't want the players spending much more time out there on the field than they have to. And you have to assume that throughout the season, like it's happened in all the other sports that have been playing so far, that a lot of players are probably going to come down with COVID. And when that happens, games are going to have to be postponed. That's going to mess with the schedule a lot and force a lot of doubleheaders. And I guess at that point, that's when the league says, you know what? Seven-inning doubleheaders would just be smart for a season where COVID is still plenty of risk. And I assume we're going to be seeing quite a bit of them throughout a full schedule this year. We saw a good amount of them last year inside of a 60-game season, and this season's returning to a normal 162. So we're going to be seeing quite a bit of doubleheaders this year if I had to predict. So that's why I guess I could just reluctantly deal with this, even though I don't believe in the actual philosophy of cutting off a portion of a baseball game, because a baseball game is nine innings long, not seven. So for that reason, I despise the rule. I've said it many times. But in a season where COVID is still a risk, and I assume we're going to be seeing lots of doubleheaders, I guess I can reluctantly put up with it. And the runner on second and extra innings rule, and I'm just talking about these two, the seven inning doubleheaders and this, because these are the two rules we'll be seeing this season, officially as of now. But as far as the runner on second and extras rule, and I've spoken at length about this one too, I'm not a fan of it. And I've also said that if they had to do it, I also offered an alternative to make it better, at least better to me. But when I mentioned it to other people, they seemed to be on board with it too, if it had to be done. 
And I said that if they were to enforce it, I wish it weren't for all extra innings. I wish they'd started in like the 11th or the 12th or something like that, because last season, even with this rule, you saw plenty of extra inning games still reaching the 11th and 12th inning plenty of times, despite having this rule. Sometimes even with a runner, an undeserved runner starting out on second base in extra innings, that runner still won't come home. And even if it does, starting for the away team, for instance, the home team could come up and just score that runner too, and then you got a tit-for-tat for three innings, and then the game still goes long. And I obviously just don't believe in putting a runner out there at second base, a runner that you didn't earn. It's just a silly, silly rule that doesn't even have an effect a lot of the time, as I said. Plenty of times, games will still reach like the 11th inning, the 12th inning, so I offered to maybe start that in like the 11th or the 12th inning. Because even without the rule, some teams still win right away in the 9th, they walk it off, or in the 10th, the 11th, even without the rule. So go a couple of innings with it like normal, and then maybe put in the rule after that. It was just an idea. But whatever. I've expressed my grievances with those rules constantly, and I guess, again, with COVID still being a risk, I'll reluctantly put up with it again for next season. I mean, hey, what choice do we have? It's gonna happen. The league doesn't have to care what I have to say. I'm just a guy in front of a microphone talking to you, and the league doesn't care what you have to say either. So it's happening, and we're just gonna have to put up with it. But those are my feelings on it. Again, feelings that I've said a million times here on the show for a long time, dating back to last year when they were first used, and we will be seeing those two returning this season, but not the Universal DH or the Expanded Postseason. But the health and safety protocols don't end there. As I also said last week, they also had to decide on clubhouse rules, roster sizes, taxi squad players that they can carry along if need be, if people are to get COVID, or there are lots of double headers and you need to utilize other guys to take the load off of certain guys. You get the idea. We've spoken about all of that many times too, even dating back to last year. But they also came to a decision on those. As far as the rosters, active rosters will have 26 players. 26. And in September, they'll expand to 28. Each team will also be allowed to carry up to five taxi squad players. So that's the deal with the rosters. With the precautions in the clubhouse and all of that good stuff, face coverings will be required at club facilities and in the dugout. Same was required last season, along with no spitting and things like that, and we saw how many people disregarded that. Plenty did. <laughs> so we'll see how strictly that's enforced. But players will also not be required, not be required, to wear masks on the field. Some players still might, and that's fine. We saw Clint Frazier do it, for instance, last season, but it's not a requirement. And... For someone who comes down with COVID throughout the season, which they probably will, there reportedly will be tracing technology in place that's similar to what the NBA uses in order to help identify close contacts if there is a positive COVID-19 test. And there are a lot more in-depth details on all protocols that MLB released this past week. And if I sat here and read all of it to you like a robot, we'd be here until next week, and you'd probably fall into a very deep sleep. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you. If you want to see all of the in-depth details or read up on any other details I didn't talk about, then just go to social media or the internet in general, Google or what have you, and look up the press releases and statements from MLB on the rest of their protocols and procedures. I hit on the main important ones, but as I'm sure you can imagine, there is even more. So go ahead and do that if you want to read up on anything else. Also, last thing before we finally get into our poll question for today and the rest of our talking points for the day, and that is that Major League Baseball also announced this past week. A lot was announced. 
But they announced that they will be weakening or deadening, whichever term you prefer. But they're weakening the baseballs due to high home run rates the last few years. And I did want to mention this really quick because, of course, like it affects the rest of the league, this also has an effect on the Yankees. And it could have quite an effect on the game overall. So after the high home run rates the last few years, they are deadening the balls. So if you've really enjoyed the boatload of home runs the last few years, and if you're a home run person, then this probably makes you furious. (laughs) And I personally am not sure what the point of it is. This really came out of, and pun intended, but it really came out of left field. Anytime Manfred or anyone in baseball, really, was questioned the last few years on whether the balls were juiced or not, they continually avoided the question. This, though, basically confirms... (laughs) basically confirms what we already knew. And now they're deadening the balls. I don't know. They keep on messing with the product. And regardless of how you feel about this individual change, all of these decisions, you know they're not going to do much, if anything at all, to increase popularity. You've gotten people accustomed to seeing home runs, home runs, home runs constantly. And now you're doing something that could even throw that off and mess with people even more? It's just a mess. The owner's Manfred, who works for the owners as we know, he's their spineless puppet who knows nothing about what the baseball community wants or doesn't want, completely tone deaf in every sense of the word, but all of them completely clueless and money hungry, all they care about. I'm truly not sure which one is more prevalent, the desire for money or the complete and utter stupidity. Both definitely play a factor, but keep making those decisions, guys. I've mapped out a million times in the past what the problems are, the actual problems, a good amount of other people also have, what they could do to solve said problems, and those are stories for another time. This intro has been long enough as it is, but keep making those decisions, guys, because not only will you continue to not gain popularity, but you'll alienate the fans you do have already, and that's a formula for disaster. That's the last thing I'll say on this. So Major League Baseball is deadening the balls now. So there's your MLB update. I know, it's a lot, and my blood is boiling now, but I don't know, they just make me crazy. They really do. The league just makes me go mental sometimes. And regardless of how you feel about this latest decision, you just have to admit the league's decision-making is just all over the place. They have no idea what they're doing. None. They're completely tone-deaf to what the real problems are, and I don't think they're ever going to figure them out. Not on the path that they've been on for years now, they won't, that's for sure. But anyway, that was all from this past week, all of that MLB information that I just told you. And all of it obviously has a direct effect on the Yankees and everyone else around the league, so it's important to mention, no matter how crazy it makes me. (laughs) As far as the discussion we have ahead on today's episode, there was an announcement by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo about how New York will be approaching attendance for arenas and stadiums starting in a week and a half on the 23rd which obviously includes Yankee Stadium for later down the road when the season starts. And honestly, in light of all the talk so far about everything we're expected to see with spring training and the regular season ahead, and with pitchers and catchers reporting in mere days, I figured I'd center this discussion around our poll for this week. So that's first things first. Then in Yankees news, we finally got an update on Paxton's destination, James Paxton. All off-season long, I've been saying that I feel a return to the Yanks was never in the cards for him, and I still felt that way all the way up until he went a certain somewhere yesterday. We'll talk about where, and give Pax a bit of a farewell. We'll discuss Darren O'Day's contract becoming completely official, since he has passed his physical 
and where the 40-man roster is as a result of that, and the Yanks made another minor league signing, someone who's been in the game for quite a long time, someone who could make a pretty nice impact here. Low risk, potentially high reward. Who is this? We will discuss it later. But for now, let's get into our poll for this week after this long introduction. I'm just glad so much of that Major League Baseball information is hopefully in the rearview mirror now and we could just get strictly back to Yankees talk and not have to spend 15 minutes on all of that nonsense in another introduction in the future. So hopefully that's all behind us. I'm just so sick of talking about the league and their idiocy. So without further ado, let's start on Twitter with this week's poll question. And this week's question is, with the current protocols slash seating capacity in place, do you plan to attend Yankee games in spring training and or the regular season? And of course, as always, give your thoughts below on the tweet for a chance at a shout out on the show. And I'll just give the results right away before I get into my opinion on this question, which might surprise some of you. But obviously, the two choices to choose from are either yes or no. And of the hundreds and hundreds of votes that came in for this poll, 60% of you said you will be attending Yankee games in spring training and or the regular season, even with the current protocols and seating capacity in place. And the remaining 40% of you voted for the choice of no. So on this poll, hundreds and hundreds of you have spoken. You are still going to be attending games, whether it be in spring training or the regular season or both this year. And again, I figured that I would use this for the poll question, given all the rules and guidelines and changes that we're going to be seeing in spring training and Major League Baseball for this year that I mentioned to you in the introduction all throughout it. And since New York Governor Andrew Cuomo made his announcement, about seating capacity this past week for all arenas and stadiums that sit 10,000 plus, I figured that it'd be a good poll question for this week's episode. And to be specific, Cuomo's announcement said that as of the 23rd, all arenas and stadiums in New York, in the state of New York, that sit at least 10,000 people will hold fans as of February 23rd at 10% capacity. So places like Yankee Stadium and City Field that's what the capacity would be as of now on February 23rd. We don't know if this is going to change by the time April 1st comes around because that's still a month and a half away and things with COVID numbers and vaccine distribution could change by then and maybe that number could go up. But as of this moment, that's what it's set to be and that's what I asked you about. As of this moment, with those protocols and seating capacity guidelines in place, would you go? And obviously in this poll, and I found just throughout all of social media for the most part, more people are going to still go rather than not. And that's why I said that my answer might actually surprise you because I feel the opposite. And again, I know a lot of you are probably shocked to hear that, knowing how humongous of not only a Yankee fan I am, but just baseball in general. But I am a die-hard baseball fan, a die-hard Yankee fan. And even with all of that, I am making the personal choice to not go to any games. And I'll explain myself for a second just so you don't think I'm crazy. And I don't think anybody will think I'm crazy. I have a right to my own decision, and a lot of people realize that. But I'll still explain my reasoning. And I put this out on Twitter a few days ago, actually, and a ton of people respected my decision and completely understood my reasoning. But obviously, some people still listed reasons that maybe I should reconsider, obviously. And that's fine. But I'll tell you why I'm not going to go. Some people mention the issue of cleanliness, and that is not a major reason why I'm not going to games. I am confident 
that the Yankees are going to keep Yankee Stadium extremely clean and extremely safe for everybody. I'm pretty sure it was even deemed like one of the safest ballparks and the soonest to be opened up when attendance resumes because of how safe they're going to have it. And I believe them. That's not so much the issue. Even though there's a little bit there, I'm still concerned with going to a game even though it's only going to have about maybe 5,000 people with the 10% seating capacity. But that's a small part of the reason because also, again, I trust that the Yankees will keep Yankee Stadium as safe as it possibly could be. That's not so much the issue. More of the issue is, truthfully, just the fact that if I'm going to attend not just a Yankee game, but a baseball game in general, I want it to be the full fun experience that I've always known it to be in my time attending not only Yankee games, but baseball games in general. I've been to more Yankee games than I even care to count in my 13 or so years as a fan. And I know what it's like to have a lot of fun at a ballpark without any restrictions of any kind. And me personally, regardless of how long it's been since I attended a game or since all of us have attended a game, when I go to a ballpark, I want to have the full experience. Wearing masks and distancing and all of those protocols and guidelines are essential during this time. No doubt about that. I'm not standing against any of that. I never have. But me personally, if I'm going to go to a ballpark, I don't want any of those restrictions to be there. I want to just be able to go around the ballpark, sit in my seat with the stadium packed with that normal experience, see people in an unrestricted manner, hug them, have concessions be normal, not worrying about distancing from somebody or who's wearing a mask or not wearing a mask at any given moment. You get what I'm saying? I just don't want to have to deal with restrictions when I'm attending a baseball game. I want to be there, have the full experience that I know of, that we all know of from when we've attended baseball games in 2019 and back. I want that. And if I can't get it, then you're not going to find me there until the restrictions are gone and I can have that experience that I know and love. And there are tons of people that are just attending regardless because they miss attending it or they just love going to games in general and following the guidelines and maybe not doing some of the things that you could do in the past. It doesn't bother them. And more power to you. Like I said in my tweet earlier in the week too, if you are one of those people, if you don't mind not doing some of the things that you could do in the past now, and if you don't mind having to follow those guidelines and have much less fans in the stadium and be much more limited, and you're still willing to go there, spend the money, and attend a live Yankee game or a live baseball game in general, then more power to you. God bless you, and I hope you... And any family or friends you might be bringing, have a great time. I really do. I hope you have a fantastic time. But I personally, until the restrictions are lifted, am more than comfortable with watching on my television. And this is also a small part of it too, I'm not going to lie. But if I'm going to be spending that money, and I mentioned this a little bit just before too, but if I'm going to be spending money, especially the kind of money that the Steinbrenners and the Yankees have charged on tickets and concessions and all of those things in the past, parking and all of that, then I want the full experience, especially for this year, given the fact that prices are probably, well, not probably, basically definitely going to be much higher than they already were in the past. I can only imagine what the Steinbrenners and the Yankees are going to be charging to go to a game this year, just tickets alone. There were reports a few days ago that I saw that the Barclays Center with the Nets, and the Brooklyn Nets have a fantastic team on paper right now, but their record is pretty mediocre as of this moment. But even at the Barclays Center, I heard that the cheapest ticket is somewhere from like $600 to $650. I mean, what's that going to mean for Yankee Stadium? (laughs) It's going to be through the roof. 
figuratively. Of course, Yankee Stadium doesn't have a roof, but you get what I'm saying. It's going to be ridiculous. And if I'm going to be spending that kind of money, even more money than already was charged in the past, again, I want the full experience. And again, I'm not crapping on anybody that still wants to go regardless, even with all the factors that I've thrown at you right now. If you still want to go, again, God bless you. But I am not going. If I'm going to go to a Yankee game, not just for reasons of cleanliness or even the money, although those are both factors, obviously, I want it to be the full experience like I remember, like we all remember from years like 2019 and back before this damn virus ruined everything. And until that returns, as I said in my tweet a few days ago, until restrictions are lifted, there's like a 99% chance that you're not going to be seeing me at Yankee games until then. It's just a personal choice. So, believe it or not, I'm actually siding with the minority in these votes on this poll with the 40% that voted no. So, for those of you who have seen me already, I'm sorry, but you won't be seeing me again until these restrictions are lifted, likely. And if you've never met me at all and you still really want to, then, again, unfortunately, you're not going to be meeting me until these restrictions are lifted. That's... Just my personal choice, guys. I just don't think it's going to be nearly as fun of an experience personally, regardless of how long it's been since I've been to a Yankee game, but I just think it's not going to be nearly as fun as it used to be under these conditions with the current seating capacity, with the restrictions and protocols and guidelines, and those are just my personal feelings on it. But especially, as I said, especially if I'm going to be spending that kind of money, I want it to be the normal, fun experience that I know about. So, I hope you can respect my reasoning. I hope my reasoning makes sense of all the factors that I presented to you. And I'm sorry, guys, but your friendly neighborhood yapper, I guess I could call myself. <laughs> That's a new one. I literally just came up with that. But as of now, my Yankee game days are no longer. And when things return to, and I hate to say this word, normal or some sense of normalcy, at least mostly... I'll evaluate as things continue to change, as time continues on, obviously. Then I'll return. But until then, I will be sitting comfortably in my home, watching our beloved Yankees on my television. And I'll be more than happy doing so. But anyway, let's hear your thoughts on this and hear what you guys have to say down in the Twitter replies. First up, we have at Laker477, my friend Rob. And Rob says... Due to my health condition leaving me at high risk due to my compromised immune system, I unfortunately will not be attending any games for the foreseeable future. I pray that those of you who do attend games will stay safe and stay healthy. And yes, for the record, I do hope for the same thing myself. As far as your compromised immune system, Rob, yeah, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. But you're doing the smarter thing for yourself, and you're keeping yourself absolutely safe by not attending and even taking a chance. So I admire you for that. But that's totally understandable, and I'm sure that a lot of people out there, and I'm sure there are many, in your shoes or ones similar to yours, are making the same decision for the betterment of their health. But I'm sure that you, like me, will still very much enjoy Yankee games from the comfort of their own home. Okay, up next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and Rebecca says, As much as I miss going to games, I'm not comfortable yet. I'm not paying for tickets, the train, food, etc. to sit and wear a mask and feel uncomfortable and worried for health reasons. I'll be watching and cheering from my couch. Well, if you heard what I said before, you would know that I highly agree with you. I usually drive to the stadium, so I don't really take the train, but hey, even driving, you're using gas, so... 
Gas obviously costs money. One way or the other, you're spending money, <laughs> regardless of method of transportation. But yeah, the food too, which will probably skyrocket in price as well, along with the tickets, obviously. With that, and also the health concerns, even though, again, Yankee Stadium, I'm sure, will be very, very safe. At least, I hope, for the sake of those still wanting to attend. But regardless, a lot of your reasoning for not wanting to go, I agree with. So, I totally respect that, Rebecca. So, the first two replies actually agreeing with me. The votes say one thing, and the first two replies say another, so what do you say we keep on going? Next up, we have uh, at Robin Hemingway, at Robin Hemingway, and Robin says, in a southern city. Okay, so maybe you want to go to a Yankees road game then, perhaps, when the Yankees are on the road. And as we've established in other states, since it's up to each individual state, maybe the guidelines and the seating capacity will be different depending on where you are, especially like a state like Florida, a state that's been very relaxed lately and has allowed much more than 10% seating capacity like Cuomo announced for New York. So yeah, depending on which state you're talking about, the guidelines and or the seating capacity could be different there. Maybe a little more relaxed and you might prefer some Something like that. Who knows? But in a southern city. Alright. Up next we have at Laura underscore Icemont. And Laura says, Regular season, I'm going to wait until the restrictions in New York ease up. Even though I'm fully vaccinated, it's too much of a hassle to get a test, make sure the results come back on time, etc. Spring training? To be determined. Depends on a couple of factors out of my control at this time. If I do go to a spring training game, it's more likely that I'll be going to a Mets game since it's only about 25 to 30 minutes from where I'll be and based on their rules they posted yesterday. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. It's great that you're fully vaccinated. You definitely have that on your side. And with getting a test, yeah, I think you have to have results like three days in advance or something like that and then they have to test you again upon arrival if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, you're right. It does sound like a little bit of a hassle. That could be another factor. The hassle to get a test, get the results back on time. Yeah, that could definitely be another reason why you might not want to go. So, I get it. As far as going to Mets spring training camp, I've never been to a spring training game at all, believe it or not. But if you're to go to the Mets, please let me know how you think that is. Because I've always been dying to go to Port St. Lucie. It looks like a beautiful place. I think most spring training ballparks look absolutely gorgeous. But Port St. Lucie is definitely one of them for me. So, let me know how you think it is if you're to go, Laura. Okay, up next we have at Leslie. Leslie Teston, and Leslie says, Not this year, Mike. Living four hours from the closest stadium, it's a big trip for us either way, and takes plenty of money, time, and planning. We'll enjoy the Yanks on MLB.tv and catch a game or two next year. And by the way, fried chicken is better than pasta? No, it is not, my man. <laughs> no, it is not. That is probably the most untrue statement I've heard this year so far. That's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as far as the rest of your reply, I can't get past how utterly ridiculous that last opinion is right there. <laughs> it is not better than pasta, but anyway, anyway, pasta is in fact the best thing on the planet for those who don't know, and if you don't know, then you should know, and now you do. <laughs> okay, moving on. As far as distance, yeah, I could totally understand why you would not be going to any games considering you're four hours from the closest stadium. That is definitely a hike. So that is totally fair, and I respect that. As far as next year, I hope to be back at games myself next year if restrictions are eased up or hopefully even totally gone by then. Maybe we'll catch each other at a game. Who the hell knows? At PitLive says, Nope, not until enough vaccinations have been given out. My dad has multiple surgeries coming up and has muscular dystrophy. I won't take risk, especially with his health. i rather get to see him every so often and know I am fully healthy versus going anywhere that brings risk. That is totally safe. I completely respect that, and that is possibly 
a huge reason why some people don't want to go to games. Also, just to keep their loved ones that you may get to see so often safe that you might be putting at risk if you're to attend a game and then go see them. So that's totally sensible. I respect that. And regardless of the reason, whichever reason each and every one of you has had so far down in the replies, whether it be any or all the factors that I mentioned in my reasoning or maybe an entirely different factor altogether, I'm actually surprised how many people down in the replies are actually on the same page as me as far as not attending any games as of now. At B Bowyer 07 is up next and she says, inserting my own option even though it doesn't exist, maybe. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I mean, you could be undecided. If you haven't really thought about it much yet or you just haven't really come to a decision, you could be undecided. You're allowed to do it. There aren't any specific rules here. <laughs> Alright, up next is at Holcock2, and they say, I live 1,300 miles away. Hmm. Yeah, that could stop somebody from coming to a Yankee game. <laughs> next is at Steven DD Katz, and Steven says, I am a diehard biggest fan, but the way the Yankees treated fans trying to get a refund was deplorable. They dragged their feet when other teams refunded fans with no hassle. I will go, but in a few years. $900 is not going to devastate me, but they should not have waited. Yeah, I remember all that. There were a lot of people all over social media when the Yankees waited a while to refund a ton of people who had bought tickets. And it was really bad. There were a lot of people who were very upset, as they have a right to be. All of this going on with the virus and all of it. It's out of anybody's control and they deserve to get their money back on an investment that they thought they were going to be able to go through with. But an outside factor like the coronavirus stopped that and that shouldn't be their fault. So they should get their money back. And with some people like Steven here, a lot of people went through it where they were not having their money refunded for a while and that aggravated a lot of people. So he's not going because of the Yankees treatment towards their fans. All right, that's an outside factor. One that I did not mention myself and fair enough. Next is at Julian Gallardi 1, and Julian says, Yes, I'll be there. It's been way too long. And hey, like I said earlier, with you and all others that are still looking forward to going, nothing's gonna stop you. It's been a long time for you. It's been a long time for me, but as you heard before, I had my reasons. But if you're like Julian and you still want to go, you're going to have a great time, either with yourself or with friends or with family, then God bless you. More power to you, and I hope you have a fantastic time. At Sean Corby says, I'll pay double to attend as many games as possible. Made it to 47 spring training slash regular season slash postseason games in 2019. Made it to five spring training games in 2020. I need my fix. Eesh, paying double. You're going to be paying a lot of money, my man. <laughs> but listen... If you want to go that bad, then again, more power to you. I hope you have a great time. You need your fix. Then you go and have a great time, and I hope you stay safe. Maybe I'll see you on TV. Who knows? But again, more power to you. At YanksGirl04 says, I will be at every home game that is possible. Okay, so as we continue on in these replies, we're starting to see a little bit more of the crowd saying that they are going to games. Good stuff. Up next, at Tank underscore Hankerous says, I'm watching at home until they lift the ridiculous social distancing and mask requirements at the stadium. Well, there's still going to be like 5,000 people there. That's still a lot of people. So I personally don't think that having masks and social distancing when COVID is still a risk is ridiculous. My reasoning for not going is just that I don't want to have to do that at a baseball game. I want the full regular experience of the past that we all know of and remember. But the guidelines, at least for now, they have to be there. It's for people's safety. But as far as not wanting to go for that, that's fine. 
just like it is for me. That's a personal choice of yours. All right, let's maybe do a few more. Up next is at Lini Ali, and Lini says, yes, 500,000%. That's a lot. <laughs> I just have to find out about coming from out of state, etc., like protocols, but I'll be there. It's been way too long. Also, as long as I'm vaccinated, I get my first shot next month, so more than likely, I'll go later in the season. All right, you sound like a very responsible goer. In that case, I still hope you stay safe and you have a good time. Up next, Tina at MountainGal456, my good friend Tina. And Tina says, since I don't live in either state and with COVID around for sure, I won't be traveling to a stadium to see a game, but all set with my baseball package to watch every game on the tube. Go Yankees. There you go, Tina. And that's the deal with some people. For a lot of people, the problem is distance. They don't live in New York or around New York or around much of any stadium to begin with. And not a lot of people, rightfully so, are doing much traveling. So I totally get that. That's a valid reason. But you're all set to watch from home. I'm all set to watch from home. A lot of other people are. And it's still going to be a blast for us. That much I can tell you. At evil underscore empire says, would love to, but I'm Canadian. If borders ease up, then I'll be there. Yeah, that's an entirely other thing with the borders. You're obviously in another country, and that's a whole other issue, the international borders. So that is definitely a valid reason to not attend a Yankee game, at least for now. But yeah, we'll see whenever that eases up. Maybe you could get around to coming down. At Wiffleball Magic says, I would if I lived close enough. Yeah, another matter of distance. That seems to be a reason amongst a lot of people. That's valid. At Twin Talk Yank says, 200 million percent, we're in. You got 500,000% earlier, now you got 200 million percent. Yeah, safe to say you're in. <laughs> Next is at TeganGram23, and Tegan says, I think they said a while back that Yankee Stadium was ranked the most safe ballpark in terms of protocol and spacing. As long as the tickets aren't ungodly expensive, then I definitely plan to attend a couple of games. Yes, that's exactly what I was referencing earlier. There was definitely a report out there some time ago, whether it be later last year or at some point earlier this year in January or something. There was a report that ranked Yankee Stadium as like the safest ballpark when it comes to protocols and getting ready to reopen whenever arenas and stadiums are allowed to welcome fans back in. There definitely were multiple reports on that, that the Yankees had done a very good job with that. I remember it. I referenced it earlier. Thank you for backing that up, Tegan. <laughs> and when you do get around to going to another Yankee game, hopefully those tickets aren't ungodly expensive, but just get ready because they're going to be. But if they're not, then have a good time. But expect prices that are probably going to make you lightheaded. So just be ready for that. <laughs> Next and last but not least here on Twitter, we'll finish up here, is at Shell895, and they say, Planning on coming east this summer if COVID restrictions regarding air travel aren't in place and I can get tickets to a game without a hassle. Yeah, if you want to come via air travel on the plane, if you got to fly, then yeah, that's another factor, depending on how things are with that. Even as someone who's been on a plane a ton of times in his life, you will not be seeing me on any flights for a long time. Not until you don't have to wear a mask anymore for the entire flight. Then after that, I'll be back on a plane. Probably going back to Italy, like I have done so many times in my life, I've been fortunate enough to do. But until masks are no longer mandated on planes, you won't see me on one either. Another personal choice. And again with the tickets, yeah, hopefully it's not too much of a hassle for some people. But valid reasoning. A ton of you, basically all of you had valid reasons for me, whether you are not planning to go or you are planning to go. And again, the voting results were 60-40 in favor of the choice of yes, but down in the replies, it seemed pretty even. 
And as always, I loved hearing your thoughts. So thank you all so, so much for voting and replying here on Twitter. You know how much I appreciate it. Can't even put it into words. I just love you guys so damn much. But before we wrap up this poll segment, let's head on over to Instagram and see how you guys voted and DM'd me your replies based on the exact same question. That question being, with the current protocols and seating capacity in place, do you plan to attend Yankee games in spring training and or the regular season? So yay or nay to Yankee games this year. And the voting results were very similar to Twitter. Very similar. 60% voted for yes on Twitter and 40 voted for no. Very close here on Instagram as well. Even closer. 56% voted that they will be attending Yankee games this year. And 44% here on Instagram. The remaining 44 voted that they will not be attending Yankee games. So very similar results to Twitter and even closer to being split down the middle here on Instagram. All right, let's read a few of the replies that I got here on Instagram. First up, we have underscore Aiden Fox underscore. And Aiden says, yes, one year without baseball seemed like an eternity. If I have to wear a mask and possibly pay a little extra to go to the ballpark, I'll take that any day than watching an empty stadium from my couch. It won't be the same, but live baseball with safety protocols is better than no live baseball at all. Also, your show is dope. (laughs) Thank you very much, Aiden. I appreciate that. But yeah, listen, a lot of people have just really, really missed going to a live baseball game. And even if they have to follow protocols, wearing a mask, distancing, it's nice that it's outdoors. Regardless, they just want to go back to a game. And as I said, if you're totally fine with that, then more power to you. God bless you, and I hope you have a great time. Just please be sure to stay safe. But yeah, even looking back at games from last year in 2020, it's amazing that even though we were just dealing with it because we had no choice last year, watching the empty stadiums now on television, it feels so, like, weird and depressing. Never again, please. (laughs) So, I hear you there. But yeah, if you want to go Aiden, then have a great time, by all means. You are not nearly the only person to feel that way. Next is Vamos Yankees, and he says, will they raise ticket prices? (laughs) You better believe they will. (laughs) I imagine they're going to skyrocket. Not just raise, but skyrocket. I expect the prices to be off the charts. And that's just with ticketing. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. Between the teams trying to make up for the losses they took last year and there not being as many fans at games this year, limited capacity, they're going to be charging a lot of money. Part of the reason why I'm just like, no. (laughs) It's just, no, it's just not in the cards for me. On the topic of money, if I'm going to spend money like that, I want to have my normal fun experience with a restrictionless, fun, packed stadium. And obviously, and understandably so, that's not happening right now. But yeah, expect ticket prices to not only raise, but just straight up skyrocket. Next up is my lovely girlfriend, Vic Salimo, who, like me, hates Valentine's Day, but I still can't wait to spend even more time with her later on. (laughs) It really helps when you have a girlfriend that really doesn't like Valentine's Day either. But I treat her and my loved ones with all the love and the respect they deserve all days of the year, not just on this Hallmark holiday, as they call it. (laughs) But regardless, enough being chivalrous, Mike, just get to the damn reply. So Vic says, I think I'm in the minority here, but I voted no, because I personally would prefer not to have to wear a mask outside in the blazing heat for four hours, when I can barely breathe, and if the tickets are still as expensive, if not more, as they always are, I don't think I'd be able to afford it right now, due to the hit this pandemic has made. Oh, well, when it comes to afford, you don't have to worry about that, Vic. I'll be paying for us. (laughs) 
<laughs> but in all seriousness, yes, I do understand your reasoning, especially in the heat of the summer. Oh my god, in like a July day. I don't really know where restrictions and seating capacity will be by then. It can be more eased up by then for all we know, or maybe not. But regardless, on a July day, I can imagine that wearing a mask in that kind of heat would not be very pleasant whatsoever. So I totally understand. And for financial reasons, some other people have mentioned that too, and it's a valid reason. So it's awesome that we're apparently on the same page with this. So I don't have to go on feeling bad about not wanting to go to a Yankee game if you happen to want to go. So as a boyfriend, that is a big plus. Thank God. <laughs> Okay, last but not least, as usual, is my mother, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom, on the other hand, <laughs> says, Hell yes, provided they don't charge a thousand dollars a ticket. I miss my hot dogs outside the stadium before going in to enjoy the game. Now it'll be more appreciated. I look forward to a Yankee game, or ten. Let's go Yankees, I can't wait. <laughs> Well, I jokingly replied to her. I said, well, you're probably going to be going alone then because I'm not going. I'm not going until there aren't any restrictions. <laughs> so, yeah, my mom happens to be a huge fan of the Sabret hot dogs. All those stands they have outside the stadium usually. And I'm a huge fan of them too. I love hot dogs and the Sabret's hot dogs are great. I have the Sabret hot dogs outside of Yankee Stadium. Whenever I went into the city, I used to have them. Whenever I saw the Sabret hot dog stands around, they're fantastic. And that's what my mom's talking about. But hey, mom, if you want to go to a Yankee game, then by all means, have a blast. Just be careful because you're coming home right after. <laughs> But you also say provided they don't charge a thousand dollars a ticket? Eh, that might sink your ship, I hate to tell you. But we'll see, who knows. But in any event, my goodness, what a fun poll segment today. It's usually always fun. I'm glad I asked this question today, though. It seemed appropriate. Since spring training's right around the corner, we were talking about all these rules and health and protocol guidelines in the introduction, so I figured it'd be a good question for today, and it seems like it was. You guys seem to have a good time participating. I know I had a great time going over them here on the show, and I thank every single one of you. Whether I got to your reply on Twitter and Instagram or not, I want to thank all of you for your replies, as I do every week. If I didn't get to you, you know the drill. Keep on replying every week. I will get to you eventually. Patience, my friends. And if you do want to see some replies for yourself, then you can go look at them over on Twitter. Just head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Scroll on down and find the poll tweet, and then just read the replies under it. You can see all the comments for yourself. But thank you all, as always, for your interactions on this week's poll segment. All right. Let's finish up with some Yankees news here on episode 83. We got three main things that I teased you with at the end of today's introduction to the show. And I'm going to mention the first thing that I teased you with first. Even though the next two things in Yankees news after this happened earlier in the week, and this happened last night, but since he's no longer a Yankee, I just wanted to mention it quickly and give him a farewell. But yesterday, last night, James Paxton... We finally know his fate this offseason. After much speculation, after some people were even throwing around the idea of the Yankees re-signing him, I didn't see it happening. I didn't see him returning to the Yankees at any point throughout the offseason, as I've made clear for months now since the start of the offseason. I just didn't think a return to the Yankees was going to happen, and I ended up being correct. Because last night, Paxton signed with the Mariners, a one-year, $8.5 million contract. 
He is returning to Seattle, which is where he was for his whole career since he started in the majors prior to coming to the Yankees. He came up in 2013, spent his career with the Mariners until he came to the Yanks in 2019, and was still here last year in 2020. Although it may be tough to remember because he was hurt for most of last season during the shortened season, and when he wasn't hurt, he was struggling with decreased velocity and just really getting shelled in the vast majority of his starts. But nonetheless... Paxton is returning to the place that he called home before the Yankees for his whole career, the Seattle Mariners. And obviously, when you reflect on James Paxton's time on the Yankees the last couple of years, I think it's safe to say that for the most part, it just didn't work out as well as most people had hoped. He spent a lot of time being injured. Paxton, when he's on, really does have fantastic stuff. He really has the ability to be a really lethal left-handed pitcher. And coming to the Yankees, all of us basically knew that the injury risk was there. He had struggled with injury prior with the Mariners, and unfortunately, he struggled with it quite a bit here in New York, too. So when a lot of people reflect on James Paxton, a lot of people are mainly just going to remember injuries. But like I did with Adam Adovino after he was traded to Boston, I do want to acknowledge that James Paxton definitely had his moments here. As I said, there were a lot of days, plenty of starts, where James Paxton really did show just how lethal of a left-handed pitcher he can be, and how much of a positive factor he could be in a starting rotation. He's got a lot of stuff in his arsenal from a fastball, to a changeup, to a cutter, to a curveball, to a slider. Before 2020, when he was struggling with that decreased velocity, he even threw very hard with a lot of fastballs. He could even touch like 98. He definitely had a lot of positive attributes to him, and he really showed that in plenty of his starts. He would, of course, have plenty of bad days, too. It happens, but he really had a share of really good outings. And there is one, really, in particular, that will always be close to my heart in my memory as a Yankee fan. And I've mentioned this moment as such more times than I care to count since it happened well over a year ago now. And that was his start in Game 5 of the 2019 ALCS against the Astros in Yankee Stadium, where he pitched an absolute gem of a game, did a great job against the Astros, and at the end of the start, when he was just trying to leave it all out there, just empty the tank and put the cherry on the top of a cake that was a phenomenal postseason start for the ages, as far as both results and grit and determination. And just before he could, Aaron Boone came to the mound, tried to take him out of the game, James Paxton himself advised against it, and he continued and finished that start like a true warrior. That was the day when James Paxton, in my opinion, on that kind of a stage, with that kind of a performance, earned his pinstripes. I've said it then, I've said it all since then, and I'm still saying it today here on February 14th, 2021, over a year later, that that is one of the best postseason performances I have seen. And I will always remember that, and I will always admire James Paxton for giving us a start like he did that night. So again, even though he may mostly be remembered for his injuries, and that is fair, he did spend plenty of time on the injured list, he certainly did still have his fantastic moments here, especially that moment. That one is at the top of the mountain. That is an unforgettable Yankee performance for me, and I will always hold it near and dear to my heart. But as far as his future, whatever it entails with the Mariners, with anybody else after that, regardless... Whatever it entails, I hope that it's as effective and injury-free for him as possible, and I wish him well in his return to Seattle.
Best of luck, Pax. I definitely wanted to at least acknowledge his signing with them in this Yankees news segment. Also in Yankees news, now going back to Wednesday, the Yanks have officially signed Darren O'Day, right-handed relief pitcher as we know, to his one-year contract with the player option for 2022 since he passed his physical. So the contract is officially official. (laughs) And again, if that player option is declined, there is a club option for 2022 on his contract. So we know that the Yankees signed O'Day a couple of weeks ago, but it is now official. Since he passed his physical, he is officially inked as a Yankee. Now, coinciding with this, another question amongst some people is the 40-man roster. And we've spoken about it last week and for weeks prior to even that, especially after O'Day was signed. And we were saying that there still needs to be one more spot cleared on the 40-man so that O'Day could be placed on it. And as I've also said, there are multiple ways a team can do that. Many ways that they can clear a spot off the 40-man roster. They can make a trade, obviously, send anyone on that 40-man roster that both sides see fit, obviously, depending on the trade. So a trade is one way. DFAing someone is another way. So there isn't just one way to do it. Most of us already know this. And right after O'Day's contract became official on Wednesday, the Yankees did clear up that one spot on the 40-man roster for O'Day, and that one spot was reliever Ben Heller who they DFA'd, designated for assignment, and then released, which was another piece of news in itself that the Yankees released reliever Ben Heller. So that DFAing cleared up the one spot, O'Day took his place, and the 40-man roster as of right now, as of this moment, is officially set. But... Obviously, the thought looming in the back of many of our minds, and it's been a frequent discussion right here on Yapping Yankees, is Brett Gardner. And some people ask, well, what if they still have plans to re-sign him? Then you'll need another spot available on the roster for him. And my answer to you is, since I've said time and time again for weeks that I don't think the Yanks will be making any more trades at this point for the very short time that's left in this offseason, they'll probably either DFA somebody else that they can afford to take off the roster for at least a little while, or maybe... Maybe they can even do an IL transfer, like transferring Luis Severino, who won't be back until around the second half of the season, to the 60-day IL, the 60-day injured list. So they can do that to make room for Gardner, while Seve continues to recover and rehab from his Tommy John surgery. But right now, there's obviously still no news on Gardner, so all of us will obviously be keeping an eye on that. But what the Yanks did next, which is actually our last piece of Yankees news for the day, could make the possibility of signing Gardner lessen a bit? Maybe? Or maybe not. I personally don't think it does. Even though reports came out separately that the Yanks apparently haven't spoken to Gardner much since around Halloween, I think it was. So, if that's true, then yikes for those who want Gardy back. And you know where I stand on that. If he comes back, then it's gotta be like, two to three million dollars. Cheap. But anyway, just yesterday, the Yanks ended up signing outfielder slash first baseman Jay Bruce to a minor league deal, believed to be worth 1.35 million dollars. And like many others throughout the offseason, low risk, potentially high reward. He's not guaranteed a spot on the 40-man roster right now since it's just a minor league deal. But as I said before, Jay Bruce is a veteran in this league. He's been around a long time. Whenever they would need him to, he could play first base, maybe even be out in the outfield for a little bit. If they need a DH on a given day, he could DH maybe. He's a left-handed bat, 
provides a lot of power, and even though he was better years ago, he could still turn out to be a really good move, being a minor league deal, and if it works out, then you've just gotten a steal. Maybe giving Mike Ford or any other guys on the bench a run for their money, for their jobs. So we'll have to see how that works out, but the signing of Jay Bruce, definitely a pretty interesting one. Definitely doesn't hit for average at all. He's not fast whatsoever. And there have definitely been a lot of points throughout the last few years where he's had a bit of a rough go at things. But this guy is a left-handed bat, and he is basically your definition of what I'd call raw power. So we'll see what comes of it, and if nothing does come from it, then you know what? You only spent just a little bit over a million dollars, a minor league deal. So not really a move to knock your socks off in any way, but Cashman has done this thing a lot this offseason, as we know. A lot of minor league deals, low-risk, high-reward sort of moves. And although I'm sure people would have liked the Jay Bruce from maybe like five years ago, rather than the one that we have now, who knows? Maybe it'll work out and end up being a steal and surprise all of us. But... As for now, guys, Pax returns to Seattle, Jay Bruce comes over on a minor league deal, and with the official signing of Darren O'Day and the 40-man roster being all set at the moment, that is all for another Yankees news segment, and that's also all for episode 83 of Yapping Yankees today. So let's give one last shout-out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind that website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28. And follow them on all social medias at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9 for always helping to spread the word about yapping Yankees. And obviously, be sure, guys, to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. I'd also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, which is hovering around 250 subscribers right now, about a quarter of the way to 1,000. Keep on subscribing, guys. That channel continues to grow. But also, subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify as well. And while you're at it, be sure to listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 83 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, February 21st, when I come at you with episode 84 
of yapping Yankees. And pitchers and catchers will also have already reported as of the 17th. Get hyped! (laughs) I can't wait anymore. I seriously can't. And also, I may have a very, very big announcement for you next week regarding this show. Yep, I'm going to leave you on that cliffhanger. (laughs) Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. (laughs) 